Welcome, and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. title of our message tonight is, I Saw the Sign. So before you start playing that song from Ace of Bass in your, in your head, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> when so you start thinking. But it is, it is, um, it is from their song, that, that title is a song that they did in 93. Um, but it was about a breakup song, but a girl saying, I finally opened my eyes and what was I doing with you? And I'm glad I broke up with you. <laughs> but some of us, we need, for some people, we need to see a sign before we make any crucial decisions in our lives. Whether we break up with a person or a bad relationship that we're in or start a new one, uh, get into a new business venture or not. For some of us, we want to see a sign first before we do it. And the, the thing with us believers is we shouldn't be doing that, but we too do it. So I titled our, our one of our series in our Christmas series is um, Reactions. Again, we're going to look at the reactions when they saw the sign, which in this case is the star, the magi, the magi, the magis, the three the, the wise men, not the three wise men. Please join me in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you once again for bringing all of us here this evening to learn more about you. Father God, protect us as we uh, do this, Lord. And Lord, may you speak to each and every one of us. May the Holy Spirit, Father, and your people be the one to give them the clarity of whatever it is that you want to tell them and reveal to them. I pray for humility for all of us, Lord God, that we will be willing to listen and be obedient, Lord God, to whatever that may be that is correcting us or rebuking us. Father, I pray for salvation for those who are lost. I pray that this will be the evening that they will yield to you. And Lord, I pray for encouragement for those who are discouraged. I pray for strength for those who want to pick themselves up, Lord, from the whatever mess that they are in, Lord God. I pray that you help them, rescue them through your message tonight. Lord, this is your message, Lord God, so please override it as you see fit, that you and you alone speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I saw the sign is our message here. And if you will read with me in Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are you not the least among the rulers of Judah? 
for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed for their country another way. Those are the scriptures we're going to tackle tonight. The first introductory verse that I wanted to show us is Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. When the teachers, the Pharisees, demanded Jesus to show them a sign in order for them to listen to him, right? One day, some teachers of religious law and the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. What they're not saying is, we're not believing you, right? We're not believing you unless, that's what they're saying. I'm not going to believe you unless. Have you tried sharing Jesus to some people? And they said, well, you know, if God's really real, I need to see him right now. Why doesn't he show himself right now? And then they'll sarcastically just wait with you. Nothing, right? They'll, they'll do that sarcastically and, and offensively. But what they're missing is obviously everything else. They're not opening their eyes. The proof of God is not the lack of evidence, right? There's a lot of evidences to prove that there is a God. The problem is the person who's looking in. It's not the eyes even. It's the heart. It's the heart of the person. Imagine these teachers, the Pharisees, they studied the law. They, that's what they do for a living. They read the scriptures. They went through it inside and out, front and back, supposedly. But then God is in front of them, and they're not seeing him. So the demand for a sign for us believers is ridiculous. You want God's advice on something that you need to do? And you're asking for a sign? Lord, if it's really your will, show me a sign. Have you heard yourself doing that? Find yourself doing that? In many ways, that's superstition. And we're not supposed to be superstitious. Right? You want God to speak to you? Read your Bible. How often do you read your Bible? And then you say, oh, I, don't, I don't hear God talking to me. <laughs> you want it audible? Be scared if you want it audible. You might just do it. <laughs> Church, as believers, we don't want to be like the Pharisees here. Demanding God for a sign until, until then we won't listen to him. Lord, I want to divorce my spouse. Show me a sign. <laughs> Golly, 
show you a sign here, right there in the Bible. Forgive, just as I have forgiven you. Is that not clear enough? That's not even a sign. That's a sentence. That's a statement, right? Those who are truly forgiven must forgive too, right? By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And the real proof of love for one another is forgiveness, right? Easy enough, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know it's not easy. It's not easy, especially if I offended you. It's so hard for you to forgive me, right? <laughs> no, it's true. If we're offended, it's so hard for the offended party to give forgiveness, especially if the, offended, the offender don't even act as if he's sorry or she's sorry about the offense. But should that matter? It shouldn't matter. Do you need a sign? Before you forgive? No. It's in the Bible. God already said it many years ago. Because he knew you were going to need it. So be careful to want a sign. Rather than God speaking to you through your reading. Through your intimate relationship with him. And this is Jesus' reply to them. But Jesus replied. Only an evil adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Jesus is the ultimate sign of God speaking to us. Amen? Jesus is the ultimate sign of God, period. You wanted a sign? There, Jesus. <laughs> if, you want to if, if you want to deny that God, God exists, you have to first research if Jesus ever did li live, if he was ever born. Research his life. Research his death on the cross. Research his resurrection. Because if it's true that you're really searching, you will find proof. Because it's real. And at the same time, to your question in life, the one that you're asking for, I need a sign, Lord. If you're really asking him for his direction, he will answer you. Again, how? Through your reading. Reading your word through praying and removing the demanding heart. Because when we pray, we're demanding God. We're not, we're not even bashful, right? We're, we're told to ask. Yes, God said, up to now you have not received because you have not asked. But there's humility in asking. But when you ask, you ask for your evil desires so that you will satisfy your sinful desires. So when you ask, it has to be clear. You have to know. You have to have the Holy Spirit filter that for you. Is this for my own selfish desire? Or is it for God's will in my life? Am I truly looking for God's will in my life? Or am I really praying for my own selfish desires? Because if it is for your own selfish desires, your prayer should be, Lord, don't give this to me. Right? Because it will get you in trouble. Correct? And God is a good father. Like what we, the song that we sang earlier. He is a good father. If you 
The Bible says, right, if you, a parent, a, human, a, a sinful person, knows how to give, give good gifts to your children, right, what more, God the Father in heaven? As the Christmas season is around, we're all just seeing all signs, right? Directional signs, sale here, 50% there, 25% here, plus 40. You're like, oh, what's the math on that? It's almost free, right? The signs are all over the place, and the signs that are distracting us from what the real story, the real reason for this season. We're distracted. There are many signs that you're seeing, but you're missing. You have lost your way. Not you, them. The ones that have lost their way. Because Jesus is saying here that I'm here. You've missed the sign. The first point that we're going to see that I want us to discuss is, is the, the Magi's. For the tradition is, especially for the Filipinos, there's the three, three wise kings, or the three kings. The manger that um, Jamie and I and my brother always used to arrange in our house before had the three kings in there. And as we read the scripture earlier, you saw that they did not visit, number one, they're not, they're not kings, and there's not three of them. We don't know how many. So some of you are panicking, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> my belief all these years have been wrong. Yes, and that's okay. <laughs> because the main thing hasn't changed. Those are just minor things. I don't know who started that lie, but God's going to deal with them. <laughs> They're not kings, and there's not three of them. And they didn't meet Jesus when he was born in the manger, like the story tells us. Right? Here, he was a child. We don't know how old Jesus was, but still a child. You know. I read some commentaries. They were saying maybe around two, two years old. That's when the Magi's finally saw the sign and took the travel. They traveled. So they took the journey to what? To worship Jesus. The Magi's are, 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 let me go to my notes. They're astronomers, but not in the sense astronomers, astronomy as we think it is. These are people that were really following. There were, it's not a question if they didn't believe in God. It was a question, were, their research or thinking was, to which God will they believe in? They researched and they were, they were doing, they were intellectually honest. They probably read Daniel, right? Daniel's writing, Daniel chapter 2, where the, where the Savior will be born, and you will see the star. They, they knew about it. They were searching, and they finally saw this star. And they were convinced that this is it that, that Daniel was talking about in Daniel 2. So they took the journey. You know how long that journey was? Do you have an idea? So first, they rode the camel. So at least the, the, the Christmas cards, they have that right. It's the camel. <laughs> that's one thing they have right is the camel. But that's it. That's about it. Everything else was incorrect. We don't know how many there was. But they, they took the journey. Uh, a camel with a 200-kilogram load could possibly travel 40 miles per day. But according to the research... 
maybe the Magi's traveled around 20 miles per day. And you know how far they were to Jerusalem was about 800 miles. So the travel through the camel was like 40 days. 40 days to search, to find out about this star, to confirm. And let me ask you, how long did it take you to come here today? Did it take you 40 days? <laughs> For some, it seems like it, right? Oh, gosh, got to do this again. Sunday after Sunday. Ugh. Right? We grudgingly make ourselves our way here. Well, these Magi's, they were, they were excited. Do you imagine their conversation with their wives here? If they were married, if, if they were married to a Filipino, where are you going? I told you to stop hanging out with those guys. <laughs> That's 40 days. What are you thinking? Would you start making money? <laughs> I told you to stop reading that Daniel too. What's in it, right? Imagine the argument before they left the house. All right, sweetheart, I'm following the star. What star? Here you go again. Why can't you just be an engineer like your dad? Build a tent or something, right? Gotta be an astronomer, right? But they did it. They took on their personal, they, they, they made the decision and they took the journey to follow the star. Now, some of you are saying, oh, I'm gonna follow the star. Stop, right? Let's finish the message before you start thinking about following the sign that you saw today. But here, God reveals to us that he, he would reveal himself to people who are truly seeking him. In no matter, in, in whichever form that the person needs. Because you can see here that the Magi, there weren't believers, Right? There, there some, some commentaries are saying they might be Jews. They're, they're the, some of the remnants of the Jews that stayed in Babylon. So they've been excited and trying to look for, but some of them says no. So we'll just leave that to a question when we get to heaven. Is that okay? Because it doesn't matter. The, the plain things are the main things, okay? Let me read this to you. The story of the wise men or magi who followed the star to Bethlehem and gave gifts to Jesus has generated much speculation and research over the centuries. What was the star and who were the Magi? Historically, the Magi of the East were wise men who gave counsel to kings. They can be traced back to Babylonian and Persian empires. They were dili diligent seekers for the truth. Okay, they, they were wise men, that's why they're considered wise. The Magi were trained to be diligent observers and to keep meticulous records of everything they observed. They had an eye for detail, which made them sensitive to any patterns and anomalies that arose in the data they were continually collecting. The Magi, like most people of their time, did not question the existence of a God. So the real question becomes, which God did they believe in? The limited evidence of Matthew's biblical account suggests they were Jews who were looking at, for the stars for signs, and they had enough knowledge of the Bible 
that it also gave them clues. Thus, their understanding of God encouraged them to look for order and purpose in everything. And their knowledge of the Old Testament gave them the clues they needed to conclude that the Messiah had been born in Israel. But there was only one way for them to confirm their findings. They had to take the long journey to Jerusalem. They had to take the long journey to Jerusalem. They were willing to follow the evidence and go wherever it led. The journey took many months to complete, but the Magi were determined to find this new king. So if you are sitting there and you still haven't decided whether or not you're going to believe in Jesus or not, I'd say take the journey. Take the journey. It could take 40 years, but it's worth the journey. It's worth it. Once you find your destination, it's worth it. Right? For those of you who love hiking, right? I said you because I don't. <laughs> I heard that once you get to your destination, the view is beautiful. And even if your, 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 your body is screaming, you know, pain, you're saying, wow, it was worth it. It's the same with us. For those of us who took that journey when, when, we were, when God was revealing himself to us, and you start doing the research, or you just, just like me, if you just bought it, you're like, wow, this is the time that I'm really going to believe this because this truth is just too good for me to pass on. And the journey is going to be different from that point on, right? But those of you who are still questioning it, take the journey. God, if you're intellectually honest, he will reveal himself to you, just like he did to the Magis here. Forty days traveling. Imagine that. They took the journey and came to worship Jesus. For some of us, for most of us here, we came from the Philippines, correct? Yeah, for some of us. Yes, some of us. <laughs> the travel time from here back to the Philippines on airplane is 16 hours. Or 14 Philippine Airlines or 13 Philippine Airlines, right? Straight flight. Um, but that doesn't mean you left on time because, I, I, you know, Philippine time is, uh, you're probably going to be delayed an hour, right? So, but still, the travel time is a long time. For some of us, we'll take the 24 hours journey, stop over at Hong Kong because we want to save $400, right? But for us, we're like, it's worth it, right? It's worth it. I want to see my friends and my family. It's worth it. I want to eat that food that I used to eat when I was younger. It's worth it, right? If it's worth it, you'll take the journey. So the question is, for us believers, why haven't you been taking your journey now? Your journey that God has, has planned for you. You got too long? It's too hard? Too rough of a road? I understand. It's a straight and narrow road. It's so hard. Sometimes it's easier to stay down, right? Oh, gosh, I failed again. I'll just stay here. But look. There's some examples that Jesus gave when he was questioned, right? The people of Nineveh, remember that? When Jonah went to Nineveh, will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. Condemn it. For they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Jonah did not show any signs to the people of Nineveh. Jonah just said, 
what the message that, that God will pass on judgment to them if they don't repent. And what did they do? They repented. They didn't say, oh, so let me see a sign first. No, they just repented, right? Now, someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The evidence of Jesus, the gift of Jesus is all over the place, but people just refuse to see it, right? Because they're too comfortable in their lives. Why, shade? Why, why fix something that's not broken, Joe? I'm enjoying my comfortable life. I'm an American. I have everything I need and then some. I have a three-car garage and I only have one car. I live in a four-bedroom, three-bath, but it's just me. And I barely go home because I'm always traveling. I have 50,000 miles on my credit card. Why do I need... I need a new Bible. <laughs> Why do I need... Sorry, this is what I get. Likut kasi. That's what my mom is saying. Likut likut mo Okay, I'm glad the cameras were on. <laughs> no, so why, right? Why do I need God is what they're saying. For us believers, we know why we need God, right? And we know why they need God. This Christmas season is there's so many distractions that even believers, you know what? I'm okay with the, with the unbelieving world being distracted and not truly embracing the true message or essence of, of Christmas. But I'm not okay. My heart breaks if it's us believers that's getting sucked in into this mess and distraction that the world has done. The Queen of Sheba will also stand up against, against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Right? You remember that story of Solomon? The queen of Sheba went to see him for many miles away. Took that travel because she heard of his wisdom. She wanted to see it in real life. Right? If Manny Pacquiao is about to be here in Reno, Nevada for the Filipinos that loves him. And he's going to say, I'm going to be at the GSR at 4 p.m. Sunday. I guess I'm only going to have my American brothers and sisters to preach to. <laughs> Almost everybody's going to be there. Church will be closed. No, I'm kidding. But I'm saying, even the people from Sacramento, from New York, they will make that travel. You've done that for concerts. You've done that for vacations. You've done it. But the reflection now is, how come when it's for God, why can't I make that journey? Why is it when it, comes, when it becomes for God, we can't make it on time? We're too busy. Oh, I'll miss Sunday today because I won't get fired at church. <laughs> Let's see you miss your work eight times in a year. See what your supervisor has to say, right? It's different. 
when it comes when it becomes for God, it seems to be easy to let go. Some of us here, we have two, three jobs, right? And that's fine. I admire your hard work. But I wonder, do you put in the same effort when it comes to knowing and spending time with God? If the answer is no, then my challenge is as, as, as we try to end this year, right? As we step into the, the next year. But don't wait until next year. Tomorrow. As tomorrow is, is, is a few hours away. Let it be different. Take that journey for God as well. Like the Magi's here. They took that journey because they saw a sign. They saw the star. And they read. And from their research... This is the king of Jews. We need to take this journey. Jesus showed them that if you repent and listen, right? Like the, 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 Nineveh, the Ninevites and then the queen of Sheba. If it's worth it, take the journey. The college students that are here, four years, right? Four years for a bachelor's degree. You'll do it. It's worth it. The parents are saying, it's worth it. I'll pay for it. When it comes for God, like, do you really need to do that? Bible study again? You were just at church last Sunday. You might have some wings on your back by the time you're done. All right? When it comes for God, it becomes so, like, uh, non-essential. Do you really need it? The answer is, you really need it. The next reaction about the sign, the star, is some people ignored it. Matthew 2, 4, 5, so he assembled, like Herod, and he said here, in, he assembled all the chief priests and scribes, the people that were doing, reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures for a living, the professionals. They were asked by Herod, hey, you know, I got some guys here, you're wondering where... The, the king of the Jews will be born. And they said, oh, hey, yeah, it's here. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, uh, by no means least among the leaders, uh, it's in Micah 5 too. I said, that's the last thing we heard. They ignored it. How come we didn't see the line saying, and they joined the Magi, Magi's, searching for the child. We, didn't, we don't see that. They just answered the question. Some of us believers, we're good in answering the question, but we're not good in living the life. We're good to point people in the scriptures. What's your question? Hold on. Right there. Good? Okay. But then you live the opposite life of your answer. You live the opposite life of your profession. You wear the t-shirt. You have the plate number. But that's about it. That's as far as you go with your Christianity. Your life is not a testimony. Your life is a contradiction. They ignored it. They just, they just answered the question. The other thing that I saw here is, you know what? When you see a sign, at the end of the day, the thing that confirms it is the scriptures. At the end of the day, the scriptures are the one that still pointed the magis where the child will be, where Jesus is. The Bible 
at the end of the day, the Bible will be the one to point people to Christ. Amen? God's Word. Learn it. Study it. Fall in love with it. Open it. For you who uses the phone app, tap it. Right? Open your app. Plug it in. Read it. They, were, they saw the star, but they didn't know. What they, it just took them as far as Jerusalem. But that's as far as they took them. So if you are the believer that this person was look, looking at a sign, he comes to you or she comes to you and say, Hey, hey I think God, tell me about your God because I feel like he's moving in my life because I've been seeing things in my life I've never seen before. What do you think? Point them to the scripture, right? Point them to the scripture. Point them to Jesus. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't know where to point them if you don't know like them. They knew where Micah 5.2 is. They knew what this person were, were talking because they studied it. But their er error is they ignored it. They didn't take the journey with them. These guys took an 800-mile journey. Well, these guys were probably, what, six minutes away. A few blocks away. But they didn't even bother. They didn't even stand up like, why, who's looking? Who's asking? Why, what sign did you do? What sign did you see? Tell me. How come there's no questions like that? They were too comfortable with their lives too. Us believers, we get too comfortable with our lives every now and then that we forget to do what we need to do for God. That we ignore it. We're just good in answering questions. But our lives stop there. We don't follow it. I was in Matthew, right? Before it fell. But the word of God still stands. It's still here. Next one. And Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully. For the child, when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. We know that that's a lie, correct? Because we've read the Bible, hopefully. We know that that's a lie because we, we studied last week, right? That he killed the children, that the Magi's didn't come back and he was upset. His reaction was he was, a, he was bothered. He was concerned about his power because he's not the rightful uh, heir of the, of the crown because he's, he's an Edomite, right? He comes from the line of Esau. So the Jacob and Esau war still continues up to that point, right? But what I want us to see here is, is the words, the lip service. So too I can go and worship him. Are you discerning, believer? Are you a discerning believer? Or are you just always going to what you hear? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Amen? And the Holy Spirit dwells in all believers. Correct? It dwells in all of us. If you're a believer, the Spirit dwells in you. The thing is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit more than you're listening to the person who's speaking? 
Winston Churchill said about truth, during wartime, the most powerful weapon is the truth, that it is protected with the bodyguard of lies. The truth this Christmas season, the thing that we should be talking about to our unbelieving friends and family is not the things that we bought or we're thinking about buying, although there's part of that, the lower part of that. It's a great springboard or opportunity for us to tell them about Christ. You agree? When somebody tells me, Happy Holidays, I go, oh, hey, Merry Christmas. Man, this is when we remember Christ is born, right? And then if they're not a believer, they just, ah, 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 and they'll walk away. <laughs> but at least I got to say something about it. This Christmas season, as we are bombarded with other things to be busy with, let us make the effort for ourselves first to remind us that it is the time for us to remember this is for us to remember that God came down from heaven to rescue us from our sins, of our sins to Him, against Him. Think about that for a moment. He provided a way to pay Him the offense that we cost Him. He made His begotten Son as the payment for our sins. For us to even call him a father is a miracle right there. This Christmas season, that's, that's the first part that we need to be dwelling on, that we need to be thinking of. Because you know what? If you are not thinking about that, if you are not truly just immersing yourself with that truth, you can't give what you don't have, right? You're also just going to be talking about material things. Oh, yeah, I love this. I want to buy that. I want to get that. How I wish I could get this part. We're not talking about Jesus. We're not talking about this moment in time when God brought down and came down here for us. The Magi, they saw the sign. They saw the star. They took the journey. And they summoned they, they wanted an audience with the king, Herod, which is, he had a bad reputation. But they, they said, hey, we, where's the king of the Jews? Because they were thinking it's probably, his, they thought it was his son, because he's the king, because they, it was the king of the Jews. So they knew, the, the Magi's knew what they were doing. They were in search of the child. But the believers that answered, oh, it's in, it's in Bethlehem. That's as far as they went, and they ignored it. Believers, have you been ignoring the truth too? Are you living a life that you've ignored it too? We're just all too comfortable now? We're all too blessed now? With the hashtag blessed? Blessed. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the blessing. Because God blesses His people. But it becomes wrong when we forget the blesser. When the blessing becomes more important than the blesser. Right? They're like, some of you are thinking, man, I thought this was a Christmas series. <laughs> As you enjoy and marvel in that truth about Jesus coming down for us, 
You have to tell someone. Some of you, you wait until the church anniversary to invite someone to church, which is once a year. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Or sometimes we wait till someone is sick before we tell them about Jesus. Oh, he's sick. This is the perfect time for me to tell him. There is a time and place for that. It is right. You can tell them. You should tell them. If you're going to wait for the last second shot, you might as well take the last second shot. We wait until we are ready. Some of us, we wait. Oh, I'm not ready yet. You're not ready yet? When are you ever going to be ready? When are you ever going to be ready and equipped? Because if you're not trying to get ready now and equipped now, are you, think, you think you're going to be doing that later? Is it really you who's going to save that person? Or are you just going to be willing to be used as a vessel, vessel of grace and love to that person who's lost? Christmas is how the world remembers or observes the birth of Jesus Christ. And if you're still thinking, oh, I don't want to offend them, so I say happy holidays too. There's something wrong with that. The Magi, on the other hand, were willing to listen. They were willing to listen to the new information that they got. Right? Okay, it's in Bethlehem. All right, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. But then you see here that let's focus on so too I can go and worship him. The lip service. Second part of the lip service is whoa, <laughs> that's not it. Beware of false prophets. That's it. Who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. We can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Yes, you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So the charge is, how about us? Are we just lip service believers too? Oh, I'll, I'll go worship God with you. I'll be there next Sunday. I'll be there. 2019, I'm going to be there every Sunday. We're praying to God, Lord, if you make 2019 better for me, Lord, I'll be there for you every day. Until the day comes, right? And then you're too busy. I know I address actions to go with the profession. We know the books that we've studied, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, the Galatians, both churches were infiltrated with false believers, right? Trying to add or deduct or malign the, go the gospel, the truth. Here we see Jesus giving the warning ahead of time too. During Jesus' time, the Pharisees were the ones he was referring to. We need to discern with the Holy Spirit in order for us to know who is who. Magis did not know any better at that time, but they heard Herod say, Hey, tell me, okay? When you find him, let me know so I can worship him too. Imagine the danger there. Because he, he killed, right? He killed many children. 
that were in the, two and under, thinking whoever Jesus might be, I might take the power from me, just kill him. So there's danger for us too, right? The danger for us is like, we're just always vulnerable too. We're with teachers that are, or, or false believers that are in our midst. So if you don't know your word, you're going to be swayed. Correct? So we need to be watchful of that. That's what I saw there. We need to be watchful of it. Not everybody, not because they said it, they mean it. And I'm not telling you to be, you know, critical. But at the same time, discern with the Holy Spirit. Be a discerning believer. Those who don't read the Bible and study it will be swayed by false prophets and false believers. But the ones who, are, who do their due diligence and are faithfully studying the word, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will be the one to spare them and reveal to them the truth. You can't give what you don't have. And the Holy Spirit won't just impress a verse on you if you've never really encountered it. But if you read it and it took the time, the Holy Spirit will be the one to remind you. Oh, listen, watch. Spirit will be the one to give you that. And the actions, right? The actions, you will know them by their fruit. So not just by words, but by actions. You know, Herod, if the Magi's knew any better... But they were warned. We know the story, right? They were warned. Oh, don't go back to him. But if you know the story of Herod, he killed his sons and his wife. Anybody that will threaten his power, he got them killed. He got them killed. So his lips, his words, so I can worship him too, it's just lip service. It was a lie. In Matthew 2, 9, 11, after hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. Again, the place, in your version, the home, right? It says here, when they heard the king, it came, stood over the young child was. It's a, it's a house. It's no longer the manger. It's a child. It's no longer a baby. So the, the Christmas stories for some of us, is just crumbling down right now, right? Oh my gosh, all of it. The three kings, they're not kings. They're not even three. He wasn't even a baby. Oh my goodness. I've been lied to. Yes, you've been lied to. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I guess it made it cute. It made it better. Make it into a one big story. It was edited by Hollywood. <laughs> Let's just say that. That where the child, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, see, house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. When you get to know God personally, you cannot help but to worship him. Amen? When you, for some of us, for most of us here, when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior the first time, that went, what? What happened to us? We worshipped Him, right? 
we worship him like, Lord, thank you very much for saving a sinner like me. For some of you, you're like, oh, you're welcome, Lord. Now you have a good member in your family. <laughs> some of us, we think we're such a good person that we entered into a club and we're just going to make the club even better. You got the number one draft pick for 2018, Lord. This is me. No. The real entrance to the kingdom is humility, right? We recognize our, our faults. We know our infirmities. And we're saying, Lord, despite all this, I just have to accept your gift and I'm with you. Praise you, Lord God. They went down to their knees. They worshipped him. Worshipped him. Didn't worship Mary or Joseph too, okay? Him. The only person they worshipped was Jesus. They didn't. Some of us, it's, this is not clear yet. Hopefully this will be clear. When you enter and see Jesus for the first time, this is the reaction of your heart. You fall down. You worship. Every time someone meets Jesus for the first time, they fall down and worship him. No words, as far as the record shows, that they just saw where the star was. If someone truly is seeking Jesus or the truth about him, he is faithful and he will answer them on how they will understand. They saw the star, they, followed, they took the journey, they went, they heard the scripture, they saw the star again, they saw Jesus, they worshipped Jesus. If you're truly searching him, he will reveal himself to you. They recognized who Jesus was. Mind you, there was no conversation recorded, oh, is this the king of the Jews? No, they already knew it. Because the star was right on top of the house. When these wise men saw the child with, mother, with, with Mary, with his mother, the stepmother Mary, they bowed down, no, not the mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped him. Gazing into Jesus' eyes, they realized that he was the one they've been looking for. What the stars had announced and the prophets had proclaimed has now become real to the Magis. After their encounter with Jesus, now God spoke to the Magi in a dream, right? To not go back, it told the real intentions of Herod. But before that, I want us to see this one. They, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold is to represent God as king, right? God as king. The frankincense is God, the, Jesus as the high priest. And the myrrh is the, the four, it's, it's a foreshadow of what Jesus will be, which is he will be the sacrifice. The suffering that Jesus would endure on the cross in fulfillment of his role as a savior. All these three things, the gifts, that's probably why the commentary said that that's probably why people thought it were three kings, is there was three gifts. All these gifts were very, very expensive. Very expensive gifts. And these were, 
probably the means of, of, uh, that they used, Joseph and Mary used, to get to Egypt uh, for their travel when they had to save themselves because Herod was looking for them. But all these three things are, have a meaning to it. And the, the ones that I just mentioned to you. Gold, recognizing Jesus as king of kings. Frankincense as Jesus as the high priest. Myrrh with the suffering that he's going to go through. Being, being the ultimate sacrifice for your sins and mine. Nope, not that. <laughs> and being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. My last point is change of direction. When you meet Jesus, when you accept him as your Lord, there is a change in direction in your life. They're going to go back to their country. But they're going to go back in a different way. Imagine the frustration. right? If, they, if these guys were American believers, they're like, what? No. I already know how to, how to get there. Make another route? Go to a different route? Why? We hate changing things, right? We hate change. But as a believer in our Christian lives, change must happen. Because God will not allow us to stay the same. Because we're a what? A new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, a new life has begun. In John 8.11, when Jesus when Jesus uh, rescued, I, I want to say rescued, but when he did not condemn the adulterous woman that was caught in adultery, right? this is his answer to her. Go now and leave your life of sin. Go and sin no more. There is no way that you can go back. I mean, you have the free will to go back your old life. But the Bible says, why go back? It's like a dog going back to his vomit. It's disgusting. Why do you even want to do something that's already disgusting? You know it's disgusting. You know it's going to hurt you. Why go back? When you meet Jesus, when, when Jesus is in your life and the Holy Spirit now dwells in you, you are done and over with, with that life of yours. God reveals the truth. God protects those who are His. And to those He speaks to, it pays a great deal that we listen to Him. God wanted to protect the Magi. Because if we, what, what happened if, they, what would have happened if they came back to Herod, right? And Herod will say, okay, where is he? And they'll say, oh, no way, we're not going to tell you. Probably going to kill him. Even if they tell him, Herod probably would have killed him. But God wanted to protect them, and God wanted to protect the child, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, because Jesus' time wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't the time yet. So it pays for us to listen to what God tells us. Believers, what does God tell us to live a holy life, right? 
to go and make disciples of all nations, to glorify Him with our bodies, to be a living sacrifice. Why? Because there is a purpose for that. It's protect, for our protection and for the other people that we have responsibility with or of, that we are responsible for. The people that He will make us encounter or the people that are already around our circle, they're watching you. You are the only Bible that they're seeing. Hopefully you're being a good testimony. Not a stumbling block, but a stepping stone to Christ. You know, it's, it's sad when you see churches being empty while football stadiums being full. It's sad when you hear of, of um, morality being questioned and make being a political discussion rather than about God. You're stupid if you talk about God. You're smart if you talk about politics. Shows you what they know. Sarah's one a good politician right there. Guys, if we have met Jesus, there's a change of direction in our lives. There's no way that we can stay the same. You have the free will to stay the same. But this verse here says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And what's that new person? Is what Jesus says, go now and leave your sin, life of sin. There's no way that you can stay the same. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for the many signs that you've given to us. And the many verses, Lord, that you have um, revealed to us. Our prayer, Lord God, is that we will obey your message. Obey your word. Obey you, Father God. Our prayer, Lord God, is that you give us the strength to change our direction in life. From disobedience, Lord, to obedience, Father. We want to glorify you, Father, with, with everything that we say and do. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we've stumbled. Give us the power, Lord God, to do so. Enable us, Father God. Protect us, Father God, as we go through um, those challenges that we are facing right now. And give us the wisdom, Lord, to know what to do and what not to do with them. Father, I pray for everyone that's here tonight. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you guide them and you keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was the end of today's message. If you want to support our mission of reaching many others through this podcast, help us grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com forward slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life. Whoa!